We've made our primer episodes. We've discussed the Clone Wars. We've discussed Rebels. Friends, the day is finally upon us. Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi has launched. Episodes 1 and 2 are live. We have seen them, and we're going to be talking them. All that more after a commercial break that one of the Inquisitors may have control over, but they may be fighting over, but we certainly do not. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host, they, them pronouns. I'm going to let each of our guests introduce themselves as we jump into this conversation. Hi, I'm Sarah. I use she, her pronouns. Hello, I am Ricky. He, him. I am Paul. I use whatever pronouns. Sounds good. Except I will use your pronouns as you wish, of course. Well, yes, yes. For yourself. We appreciate it. To clarify. So let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, The episodes are live. We got to see them. Uh, What's your overall feeling about it? So we, I wa- we watched them first last night, and then again this morning. Um, okay. I think Riki watched them twice this morning. <laughs> um, and I think I always just get so caught up in the first watch, because I'm just so dang excited mm-hmm. to see Star Wars, um, that I, like, super loved it the first watch through, and then again this morning, after I had, like, a night to think about it. A little more cynical. There's some things, there's some things that concern me, but okay. overall, I think generally positive feedback. I came in with a lot of questions, and now I have left these two episodes with not only those questions unanswered, but more <laughs> questions. That's fair. That's fair. So, so some confusion about what's what's been going on in the galaxy. That's fair. We'll definitely get into that. Paul, what about yourself? Uh, yeah, I was going to watch them this morning because I was going to go to sleep early, and then I got a delightful text that they were available early, and I was like, oh, I'll watch them tonight. And then I watched them, and... Uh, I didn't rewatch them this morning because I didn't really love it. Uh, there's things that I loved about it. There's things I really, really disliked about it. I did rewatch the what felt like the gratuitous Order 66 scene at the beginning to figure out whether or not it was indeed gratuitous. I do not believe it was gratuitous, even though I would happily go the rest of my life without ever seeing another Order 66 scene. Yeah, it's but like I a do staple of a Star Wars show that it has to start with Order 66 flashback now or have a yeah. flashback right. at some that's, point. That's just pretty and much we've required it from now. So many different angles. Exactly. I remember watching it and feeling like I knew who Reva was. I, I'd seen pictures of the actress. Um, and so I remember watching it and not feeling a little like, do we really need to see this until I saw a little black girl with braids? And I was yeah. like, okay, I see what they're setting up. It feels a little over the top to give it to us again, but I get where they're going with it. I have to say, I think there was a couple small things like that, and I certainly have some questions about where the season is going. But overall, I just absolutely loved getting to see these characters again and getting to see Obi-Wan, um, played by Ewan McGregor, feeling just like that. Like, I've loved The Mandalorian, I've loved The Rebels, but all these things are fundamentally based on new characters and new stories, which I think for the most part is good. But for me, at least, and we'll go into some of the details. This is just kind of my overall stuff. I, getting to see Obi-Wan was great. I didn't have any idea this was most, this was a lot going to be about young Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And I was so here for it. I, I just, that, because I remember actually kind of going into this, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, it's great that we're going to have this, but it is kind of funny that 
we're still focusing on Luke as Anakin's child. We're not really thinking about how Anakin has another child. Oh, wait, no, actually, we're talking a lot about Anakin's other child, although only sort of because I don't think they realize who who uh, Leia is. So, yeah, I love that. There's a lot of little moments that just really worked for me. When you say they don't realize who Leia's father is, who are you talking about? You mean the Inquisitors? Yeah, so my understanding is that the Inquisitors captured Leia because they know that Bail Organa was good friends with Obi-Wan and that Obi-Wan would want to rescue Bail Organa's daughter, having no idea that Leia was Anakin. So there's kind of like an extra layer of, of... irony there that the, the characters aren't aware of yes yeah. yes those characters yes yes, yes. yeah but yeah i mean it, it it does seem like it it kind of bothered me that leia knows she's adopted which is a little was a little odd to me mm-hmm. um like it seems like if you're trying to purposefully hide and right. skywalker's children right why wouldn't you just be like no no this is yeah this is organa's biological daughter End of questions. Well, biology, first off. Yes. And she, like, in Return of the Jedi, she knows. Like, her and Luke have a conversation mm-hmm. about, do you remember your real mother? Where she says yes, which, right. now that we've yeah, seen Revenge of the yeah, Sith, we yeah. Which yeah. should say is impossible. I mean, Jedi magic powers. But yeah, sure. You could remember Dale. Yeah, I, the way I thought of it was, yeah, kind of biology, you know, having a child, the... In the books, I don't think they fully established this in the show, but in the books, which are canon, the the reason why she's a princess is because Bail Organa is the senator, but his wife is the queen. Oh, okay. and yeah. so I think having a queen like not be visibly pregnant and all of a sudden have a child, I think you kind of have to say it's adopted. Um, it, I want to kind of go over more some of the things we loved and didn't love, but like, let's kind of just stay on Leia for a second. Mm. I'm, I'm curious if you got this impression. I the fact that she both in two different occasions, first with her cousin and then with Obi-Wan is very perceptive about what's going on with them. I think that could be that she's just a very intelligent, very socially aware 10 year old, but I got that as a sense of, she has some kind of latent force powers that isn't quite being, no one's quite drawn the dots on. Is that, that how you all felt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, I, I don't think her social skills are that, finely attuned Mm -hmm. right especially because she seems so patently unaware every other time right she just has like flashes of insight yeah i agree that it it seemed like some force powers and it kind of points to the misogyny of like the whole thing that they're twins but obi-wan is only concerned with luke and you know they have a conversation with owen lars about you know you just want to see if he's showing you know force powers and he's completely unconcerned about Leia, even when Bale is like, Leia's been kidnapped. He's like, eh, not my problem. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't necessarily see that as a, as a, you know, force powers potentially, but I, I can see that. Like, that makes sense as a, as a possible explanation. You know, I mean, I, I felt like she was kind of just very precocious, um, which sometimes is endearing and sometimes very irritating in and I, I would compare her to kind of like Omega, where this is one of the things where for me, just animation often works so much better when it's like children, you know, yeah. and it's just like child actors, it's tough, you know, and yeah. um, I thought she had some moments that were really good and some moments that were, um, you know, just a little, a little awkward. Yeah. Not challenging. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree. 
Yeah, I, I really liked her as an actress, but I can mm-hmm. also see that, it, I think in part because I was just so excited to see her as a character. I mean, even thinking about it, like most of the moments that I loved most with her were about her interactions with others, you know? Yeah. Um, and we can get more into that, but I can see that. I, I um, like well, her and her droid friend, really. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that, that was my favorite part, actually. With that her. was definitely awesome. Well, let's kind of step back a bit. Just so, um, so yeah, for me, Leia was one of the things I loved. I love a lot of the character stuff. Uh, for you, Paul, let's first start with positives, then we'll go to the negatives. What were some of the things you really you really did appreciate about the show? Hmm. All right, start with positives. Let's see. <laughs> um, I really do appreciate the choice to have Leia be a significant character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great choice. And not doing that and kind of just ignoring her, I think, would, would have been easy, but, like, mm-hmm. not very satisfying, right? Yeah. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense that we're going to get a fair amount of Leia and Obi-Wan because from a new hope, like we know that he's the one that she asked for help, right? Right. She sends R2 and 3PO to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, so it feels like this story might establish that, you know, um, I really enjoyed, um, you know, Tamara Morrison's kind of cameo, I guess. Right. I thought that was a fantastic moment. Um, I was like, like, Oh, that's the clone. As as the yeah, yeah as as the the retired clone trooper. Here, I just want to jump in for one second because and Paul, I don't know if you had the same memory. For me, growing up in New York City in the seventy in the eighties, really and nineties, one of the things I most remember is homeless veterans on the street, mm-hmm. uh, you know, panhandling and things like that. And you know, I've certainly seen it continue with Iraq and Afghanistan veterans yeah. and just all the stuff about how we don't often treat veterans very well. And so seeing that in the Star Wars universe as well, you know, that we, we talked a lot during our coverage of the Clone Wars of what happens to the clones and the Bad Batch kind of started to identify that. But here seeing it, like, yeah, some of them very much like veterans in our own world are just kind of tossed down on the street. It it was like a 10 second cameo and it hit me so hard. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing in our own world. You know, um, I do remember that as a kid and I still see it. Probably as much again now, you know, like here in Vegas and in California, there's just tons of homelessness and and a lot of homeless veterans. Um, I mean, I I have a cousin who who was a veteran and killed himself, like probably not getting the, you know, the mental health care and treatment that he probably would have, should have had available, you know, coming back from that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's just a tiny little scene that, that hits really hard. And I appreciate that they put that in there. It, it's the kind of thing that Tamara Morrison could become like the Stanley of Star Wars. Yeah. Because there's yeah. millions Every, of clones exactly. after the war. Where do they go? And yeah. he could just be like in a coffee shop working and yeah. stuff in the future. I, I mean, I wonder if anyone else had this thought. My first thought when I saw him was, oh, that's going to be Rex or Cody or so, right. someone we know yeah. uh, who Obi-Wan's going to be like, oh, hey, it's you. You need to help me. Having it just be just one random clone, I, I thought it was so much more powerful Absolutely. than it being someone he knew. Because it's like that speaks to how many there are in the yeah. galaxy, right? Yeah. And I think also like Obi-Wan's reaction to him was really interesting because I think there was like, per- perhaps I'm projecting, but this instant like fear, right? Because, right. I mean, we, we got, again, re-traumatized with the Order 66 at the very beginning there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and like, uh, as we saw in Rebels... The, the Jedi, when they come across clones, maybe aren't like, oh, hey, my old battle buddy, right? It's this immediate fear of, like, this is the face that slaughtered all my people. Right. So right. I think Obi-Wan has this, like, moment of 
terror and then just like gives him the coins and tries to get out of there yeah. which i think is also really powerful yeah definitely uh anything else paul you want to say on kind of more the positive side um i mean there was some good parkour too you know oh yeah i, I do I, it, it felt like i was like is, was she really that far away from them i was like mm, they just they just want this much parkour um <laughs> but yeah i actually really enjoyed uh tika like the the jawa character like there's an actual yes. jawa character right yes like and it to me that's like sort of what book of boba fett did for the tuscans like this is doing a little bit for the jawa where it's like this is this is a person now it's not yeah. just random jawa number six you know mm-hmm. um and i and I, I enjoyed their interaction too i thought that was well done and yeah and I, you know i mean i think overall the performances um of a, a number of the characters are excellent like ewan mcgregor i i rewatched the freaking if i wish they'd said like oh by the way we're gonna have a three minute recap at the beginning so you don't (laughs) have to watch the prequels i like fast forwarded through all the parts that weren't you know mostly just obi-wan but like he's fantastic as obi-wan you know yeah Um, he really is yeah uh riki and sarah what parts do you like for your positives about this well i love inquisitors in general you know from Mm -hmm. our rebels coverage but also just like getting more lore of them and, you know, having like a list of all the numbers, like which one is this, which one is that, and kind of figuring out their hierarchy mm-hmm. and watching that play out. You know, the, the jealousy and infighting between them is just classic, like imperial buffoonery, right? Yeah. Like they're always trying to one up each other instead of the enemy. Well, and I yeah. think that even, a di- a di- I think it was definitely the imperial buffoonery. But recently I've been rereading on um, the Darth Bane books, which are, are legends. But they're about kind of how the, the rule of two was created. And one of the sort of central conceits of it, I think they've mentioned this conceit in canon, not in so much detail, but is that so much of the dark side of the force is about personal ambition and never letting yourself be chained by anyone else. And, you know, through strength and power, you break your chains. And so that like having numerous dark side force users in any kind of like hierarchy of power is just never going to work. And I thought they did a really good job showing that, you know, showing like Riva, like granted, she has her own motivations. We'll get into those. But just the constant back and forth between her and the Grand Inquisitor and the other Inquisitor who's constantly like needling her and kind of trying to kiss up to the Grand Inquisitor by saying all the ways she's not doing the right thing. It just felt very like you're right, Imperial buffoonery, but also very dark side to me. Of These are all people who's just every natural instinct is not to work together as a team. Yeah, and so the the Inquisitor you're talking about, I think, is Fifth Brother, who is yeah. one of the characters on Rebels, right? And we get to see him here, and very interesting to see him portrayed in live action, and the Grand Inquisitor too, as compared to animated. Right. Do you have more positives to talk about? Um, well, we got Kenobi riding in Yopi. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. And giving it meat. Which I am confused about from a biological standpoint. Does not look like an omnivore, omnivore or carnivore. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Who knows? Star Wars, wild. Yeah. Yeah. You two more? Or are you? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was gonna. I agree with Paul that I'm glad we got to see like looks of Alderaan and what you were saying, Matthew, mm-hmm. about like showcasing Leia, even though I didn't love the performance. Um, I also, I really loved Kamal Nanjiani's character, Haja. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> just like that whole little arc um, on is it, it's Daya. Is that the planet they were on? Dayu. 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 Sorry. Um, yeah, the whole like interaction on Dayu, the like mild Breaking Bad references of like the Spice Factory. Um, it was it was interesting that we got to see more than than just Tatooine because yeah. like I think you mentioned. Um, we, I mean, like, we just had Book of Boba Fett, which was a deep right. inspiration of Tat- or Tatooine, mm. I guess, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting to see other parts. Um, I also, I liked Reva's parkour backflips. Um, mm-hmm. And I like this, like, hint at her relationship with Anakin. How they're, you know, she's really impulsive. She's, like, a quote-unquote gutter rat. Um, they're, they're drawing these connections without explicitly just, like, telling us. Yeah. how she's connected to him and I like that it, like I didn't realize until we went back and watched it a second time that that's probably Reva as one of the younglings at the very beginning of Order mm. 66 um, like it still hasn't been explicitly stated but I mean why else would they show that I guess like I assume right. that that's her but I like that they didn't say it and kind of left a, left a bunch mm-hmm. of questions unanswered yeah, the camera doesn't focus on her as a kid. She's definitely just one of the kids. There's yeah, yeah like the, it's the first, it's the opening scene is like her face, yeah. and then we kind of pan out to the rest of. Everybody. Yeah, the, yeah, there is definitely a couple moments when she is kind of like, you know, That's when they frame That's up fair. on her. But but it's subtle. The first time through, like I was like, I, don't know. I was like, oh, another there sixty six scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then I was like, wait. <laughs> There has to be a reason that that's in there, right? And when they reference yeah. kind of where she comes yeah. from, I was like, okay, I, I need to just like look at that. Okay, yeah. Yep. I took a I took a like photo of it. Like, nice. <laughs> like there. See, so I went back and watched the Grogu flashbacks mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of Order 66 oh, and, to see oh. if there was any match in like the hallway combat. And it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there was. Uh-huh. That would be cool, though. If, if That'd there be kind of cool, yeah. I mean. Uh, so we'll go into kind of depth with each character in a second, but just we can talk about some of the things we didn't love. And for me, there wasn't many things that I didn't love, but there were definitely things that I was sort of like, that doesn't fit the canon I know. So I'm curious how you're going to explain it. And mm. and one of them for me starts with Reva because mm. this hasn't been discussed much in the books, in the movies, but again, in the canon books, one of the things that's been really kind of clarified is that Anakin does not want, Vader does not want anyone to know that Anakin is who mm. became Vader. Right. Uh, Obi-Wan seems to know that. Though, according to this, this is it, how he learns it. No, um, well, in this in Revenge of the Sith, he knows that he's Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he just know doesn't is, know yeah. that Darth Vader's still a person going around. Right, yeah, doing no, you're stuff, correct yeah. there. Um, because, again, dude, cut off the head. Have you never watched a zombie <laughs> movie? Don't just leave him burning. But, but anyway. Um, that might come back yet, here. Oh, sorry. I think in at least one Rebels episode, but definitely in some of the books, uh, both with uh, Tarkin and with General Thrawn, Admiral Thrawn, it's very clear that Vader does not want anyone to know that he used to be Anakin. Right. And so for the Inquisitor to know that, that definitely threw me a little bit. Um, the Grand Inquisitor dying, when we've seen the Grand Inquisitor uh. die, I, well, <clears throat> I'm guessing it's a Cad Bane not really dead, or maybe like they can be brought back to life, who knows? Um, but that definitely kind of was an eyebrow raiser for me. Um, it's funny because I so love Leia's in this. I want a lot more off Tatooine, but I do want, I, like, I'd be very bummed if that was our only interaction with Owen. You know, I do want there mm. to be a lot on Tatooine in part because I remember I was, I liked what they did with the Tuscans, but I wanted a lot more. 
And given that the Tuscans are a huge part of the Kenobi novel, I was hoping that would be in this book, this show. You know, and let's think, we're already a third of the way done. Right. So, gotta remember, it's a short series. I'm not trying to have too many expectations, but there's definitely some things that I am... I get here. Well, uh, there's one other thing that I'm not sure about that I'll save for when we talk about Kenobi's character specifically. But, um, hmm. Paul, for you, especially, you, you seem the one who was the most negative. Or, you know, just wasn't the biggest fan of it. Yeah. What, what were some of the things you didn't like? Right. Well, so we've touched on Order 66. Um, you know, then the whole scene in the beginning, which apparently was like maybe kind of an inglorious bastards nod, where the, the um, you know, inquisitors come in and they're like, do you know who I am? Like, do you know mm. what I do? Mm. They're like hunting someone who like the, you know, the mm. person there in charge is kind of trying to protect. Um, like, I didn't think that was bad. But I just don't enjoy those sorts of power dynamics at all. And spending a substantial amount of time in the first episode with that going on, just like, it's just not fun for me. It's like, this isn't why I Star Wars, you know? And so I just verbed that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, that that's not a criticism as much as a complaint, sort of like, well, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like that, you know? Um, I, I do think it's an interesting choice having the Inquisitors show up in broad daylight as like their first appearance. I think a lot of times some of the characters who come from animation don't look great in daylight and like maybe a little darker, you know, might kind of hide some of the like, this is a lot of makeup here. Um, on the other hand, I think the idea of the Inquisitors coming in in broad daylight and just bullying everyone um, speaks a lot to the power dynamics, which I appreciate in a story sense but not in terms of like an experience as a viewer um speaking of experience as a viewer like oh like a jedi working in a butcher shop like uh, like i could go on a really long rant here i won't like personally like i would just make all the jedi vegetarian like i feel like it would jive more with like their theoretical philosophy but like it's just extremely unpleasant like granted those things looked like they were like painted yoga blocks um, you know, I don't think it was actually a huge amount of like real meat or whatever, but like, I just found it revolting and was like, really, we're, we're going to, we're going to start with this and you're just going to keep coming back to this. And when they got off tattooing, I was like, fine, good. Like enough of that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that like really bothered me kind of from a story standpoint was like, I liked Leia's kind of like questioning and stuff right Mm -hmm. but like the whole like running away during a fight and like what if you're the what do you mean if he's the real cat you just got kidnapped you know those weren't fake kidnappers and then this is the real kidnapper you know what if you're also kidnapping fine but like it's i I didn't buy that that felt like one of those things that then in the recap they're like so the plot could happen you know and like i just found that part like kind of annoying all right i'm done ranting (laughs) I definitely, that scene was not my favorite. I thought that that, I, I really liked the dynamic that it set up between Obi-Wan and, and Leia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think that, that went on way too long than it was needed. Um, I think it's really interesting what you say about the, the kind of power dynamic, because I loved that. And I thought it was so essential to what we're learning about Obi-Wan's character and him not being the hero type. And we'll talk right. about his character specifically, but I totally get it. Like I, without any spoilers, I recently saw, uh, you know, uh, Doctor Strange, which is directed by Sam Raimi, I have a lot of things I think about the movie story-wise and character-wise, but a lot of people love his style. I don't. It's oh, just, right. And then that's where I can be like, yeah, I think it's a very good illustration of something I don't enjoy. 
very glad other people enjoy it. It's just not my thing. So I appreciate you can sort of name that in the same way of like, this just may not be the part of Star Wars you're, you're most fond of. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's things I think are bad and there's things that I just dislike. And yeah. like those are two different things, you know, and there's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, you know. I, oh man, can I go even far? Like I, I didn't like the um, little speech the Grand Inquisitor gave and I think it was bad. Um, partly because it's, it's one of the big problems that I have with the dark side in general, which is just this ownership of the idea that they're evil, Mm. right? Like I, the parts I like about Star Wars are the ones where it's like, where it's questioning, right? Like are, do the stormtroopers know that they're part of this? Like, do they Mm -hmm. think they're fighting for the empire? That the the empire is a good thing, that the empire is bringing order to the galaxy. We're talking about those people who are like maybe unsure and the empire is just like secretly evil. Whereas when they're just openly like the Jedi are compassionate and that's why we're murdering them. It's a little like, it's upsetting. Right. And I feel like that, that same, like the Inquisitor coming in and giving the speech could have been like, Oh, the Jedi need to take control of situations. The Jedi need to feel important. And that's why they can't stay Mm. away when they see blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Instead of like they're compassionate and their compassion is bad. I don't know. It. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. I think that's one of the things that makes Vader such a compelling character to me in like Empire Strikes Back is like how much he just thinks he's right. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like order. We'll bring order to the galaxy. Like he thinks he's doing a good thing. And like that's one of the few things like in Revenge of the Sith that I feel like actually really works is it comes around to like he's like, no, this is this is what we have to do. This is good. You know, the Jedi Mm -hmm. are wrong. And here they're like, oh, the Jedi are, you know, compassionate. That's bad. It's like... Hmm. Well, yeah, especially you know, because weak, I mean, like, th- that's something we, we see in our own world a lot is that people turn towards more authoritarian governments after times of extreme chaos, you know, right. like Weimar Germany after World War One or all the fascist movements at that time or, you know, modern day America, like whatever it is. Um, yeah, I I think I liked it because I think to me it was kind of like that Inglorious Bastards moment is mm. like there is Anakin, there is other people on the who we've seen like Ventress and, and the night sisters who are dark side, but not mustache twirling. But the emperor is much like the emperor is a yeah. mustache twirler right. straight up. Yeah. And I think the empire is getting to that. The idea that some of the inquisitors would be like that makes sense to me, especially because it's clear. I think that Riva isn't like, I right. think Riva is much more interested in, yeah. And I did, I think, you're, as you say it, I think I, it would have been better if it was sort of like Jedi have to get involved. They, they, they're they kind of like, you know, the, not they would use these words, like white knight syndrome, stuff like that. Yeah. But even that, that idea of like trapping someone by their own compassion is, it's nefarious in a way that just like, it didn't feel mustache twirly. It felt like genuinely like upsetting amounts of evil in a mm. way that like. In this universe, at least I'm okay with. But I can also see it being, like, a little mustache twirly scenery chewingness to it. So I, okay, I enjoy the the, the trapping the Jedi by their compassion, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoy that that's what they're doing. And it does have that, like, I, I totally forget his name. But, like, the guy in Inglorious Bastards. Anyway, um, who's, like, diabolical and evil, but doesn't, like, the fact that you're just, like, saying it out loud kind of spoils mm-hmm. the game for me, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like, do that. Like, chuck the knife at the guy's face and then just, like, figure out who uses the force to stop it. Right, right. Great. Catch the Jedi by their own compassion. Let the Jedi hunt themselves. But don't, like, tell a room full of people 
we're out to hunt the compassionate people. Right, right, right. <laughs> Seems like a good yeah. way to spark, I don't know, the rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a similar dynamic later when the Inquisitors end up interrogating Owen and they say, you know, the hands, she says the hands go first. And then when a woman complains and says the Empire has no juris- jurisdiction in the Outer Rim, cuts off her hand, right? And that's, you you have no jurisdiction and now you're just like undermining your position. Yeah. And they don't, they don't care. Like the Inquisitors don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But the right. Empire, like as an institution, does care. And yeah. they do kind of want to bring their brand of order to the Outer Rim. Mm-hmm. So it is undermining that. Yeah. yeah. But a... I mean, I feel like Reva being the one to undermine that makes sense for yeah. her character. But yeah, oh, I feel for like her character, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Grand Inquisitor then keeps coming back at her and saying, right. have, like, the Grand Inquisitor at least does seem to feel like. And that's also where I wonder, like, how much Reva is she just working directly for Vader mm-hmm. rather than the Emperor? Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, there, there's a quota, though, right? They had to meet the quota of, like, dismemberments. It's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I was th- I was thinking that, yeah. Like, Except here's this... another lightsaber cutting off a hand. Right. I guess, yeah, I, I'm used to it being cutting off the arm, but I guess, yeah, it is often just a hand. Yeah, so. yeah, Luke, it was yeah. just a hand. Just, you know. So, all right, well, Riki, was there any other specific things you didn't like before we start getting into the some of the specific characters? Well, so, yeah, I said I have, I have left with more questions. My big, giant question is, what has Darth Vader been doing for 10 <laughs> years? <laughs> That Obi-Wan is, like, suddenly surprised? Because presumably, like, what we understand of Darth Vader in this time is that he's out being the Emperor's Enforcer and also along with the Inquisitors hunting Jedi. Mm. And I know Obi-Wan has tried to stay separate from all of that, but you'd think he'd watch the news and, and like, hear about this fearsome Darth Vader guy. Right. I don't know, I... Or Bale. Like, Bale's in the Senate. Right, like Bale I do not believe that Bale has never seen Darth Vader. Yeah, that's fair. I do think that Obi-Wan, like, I know, Paul, when you were saying about him working in a butcher shop, um, it, it upset you because it's very anti-Jedi. And, like, I agree that it's very anti-Jedi, but I think that's why it works kind for of Obi-Wan. Point. Because yeah. he's just, like, trying yeah. to reject right, right. The, the Jedi as much as possible. And so, like, I can believe that Obi-Wan has not heard about Darth Vader because he's hiding in a cave. Right, right. right. He's, he's literally going, hiding he's just in a like cave. riding his EOB into yeah. the town, taking the transport out to wherever this yeah. butcher shop is set up today, coming back, going home, yeah. maybe talking with like, uh, is it Tiva a little bit? Tika. Tika. Yeah. So, yeah. so yes, but then he has a conversation with Leia where he's like very knowledgeable about the Inquisitors. Right. Sure. Where so he like, says like he... many of them are former Jedi who are now hunting yeah. their own. Mm-hmm. Good point. I, th- I think it, I think it comes down to just what has been a fundamental question for all of us since the prequels began, which is, what happened in those twenty years that we went from Jedi everywhere to you're the only one who believes in this ancient religion? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and I was kind of a little bit like that, like how many Jedi are actually still out there? How many people have a random Jedi on their planet who helps people enough so that people would believe a Jedi was helping them get tickets, which I definitely want to talk about him. Right. Um, you know, and so it's, yeah, it, I, all of that I definitely agree with. Is, is, I think it's just a big plot hole that we're just always going to be dealing with. Yeah. They, they just, they needed to have more than 20 years or they needed to do the prequels differently. Right. If you want the prequels to have like a fully functioning Jedi order, well, fully functioning, but you know, which has yep. some issues like, and you want them to sort of like spontaneously fall 
you can't then go 20 years later and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're all that's left of your ancient religion. Like you need that to be like a hundred years. And like, there's no reason they couldn't have just had it be a hundred years and be like, yeah, "Yeah." you know, Padme was in carbonite free, you know, in hibernation free, you know, she was, she was frozen in carbonite. Right. And like, then they unfroze her and then she died of hibernation, hibernation sickness. And like, you know, Vader and, uh, and Obi-Wan lived really long because they're Jedi or Sith and, you know, they use the force. Obi-Wan and Anakin were some of the last practitioners of this religion that had mostly been wiped out hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. You could have written the prequels totally differently that way also. For more on that, uh, by the way, there is an episode of this show where uh, myself and Jeff Randall talk in great length about how we would have rewritten the prequels. Definitely mm. check it out. It's our mm-hmm. coverage nice. of Phantom Menace and then the other prequel movies. So let's get into some of the characters. Um, Obi-Wan is kind of obviously the star of the show, the titular character. I think we all think the acting of him is so good. I'm really curious about what they're doing with his character because here for me is kind of the central tension that I see. Like, I wanted sad emo. I mean, he's not emo, but you know what I mean. I wanted, I wanted sad, guilty Obi Wan. I wanted the Obi Wan who was almost without hope. And I think we're mostly getting that, and the way he, you know, kind of lets the other Jedi die because he's not going to make the mistake that the other Jedi are making. When I'm not, but then at the same time, he still believes that Luke should be trained. Mm-hmm. So I am not clear. Does he actually, has he actually lost hope, but he still wants to train Luke just because maybe that'll get back? Is he faking all the talk about lost hope because it allows him to stay hidden and justify to himself not helping this other Jedi so that he can train Luke when it comes time? Is it just a bit of an inconsistency that we haven't had resolved yet? What do you all think? I think he is kind of holding on to the concept of the prophecy and the chosen Mm -hmm. one. And really, at this point, is putting his faith in that in a in an uncomfortable way. You know, we see. I, I mean, I, we're okay to talk about other shows, right? Like, yeah, oh, like we Rebels. see in Rebels that Obi Wan admits to Maul that Luke is the chosen one, or he says, "I believe he is." Right. Right. So he's like all in on this, and I think he isn't. He himself has lost hope or is not fighting. But he thinks if he watches over Luke and then at some point trains Luke that this magical prophecy will take hold and, and Luke will handle it all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing that's like keeping Obi-Wan alive is this idea that like Luke will fix the mistakes that he made, right? right. Like he failed Anakin. Obi-Wan feels like he's failed in so many ways, but like his last best hope is that maybe Luke can fix things. And that's the only thing that he's like living for right now. I, I think that really works, especially because it's not even just the feeling that Luke will fix it on his own. It's that he has to train Luke mm-hmm. because if, I, I think on some level, there's a feeling of like, mm. if he can, if he can be the one to train Luke and do it successfully, he can kind of earns. And I mean, there's kind of a loose way, not some actual force way, but like find some personal redemption for his failure in training Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the only interpretation that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I hated the thing with the other Jedi. Like, I was just like, oh my God. like, I don't know. He kills I, him. He tells him to go, go back into town. And like, sur- I know. surely that's what got him killed. I know. And I'm like, back into, t- like, that's, that's definitely not the place to go. Like, go far away from here. Maybe go to another town, hide in a cave, find your own cave, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Like yeah. in Obi Wan's defense, the, I don't think the Jedi actually um, mentioned like the Inquisitors have spotted me, and also one of them has burnt my arm with their lightsaber. Right. right. So, he wasn't very yeah. thorough like, in his yeah in his explanation of what's True. actually gone on. True. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, Obi Wan's advice is definitely what got that Jedi killed. Yeah. 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 Bury your weapon in the sand and go back into town where the Inquisitors are waiting. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I. I think what Obi Wan does definitely is part. Like he doesn't help, and so I think he, I think he is responsible for that guy's death. But I do, I think, I think what he was saying was hide the best you can. Mm-hmm. And at least my inclination is that the guy wasn't like, that he died because yeah. he wasn't able to do that. Like I, yes. yeah. I think if he had actually fully followed Obi Wan's advice, I think he might have lived. Potentially, or if he would have said, possibly. Like, the the yeah. Inquisitors are after me yeah. and in this town. Yeah, Perhaps yeah. Obi Wan's advice would have been right. go bury your yeah. lightsaber and then like take a transport to some right. other outer rim planet. Yeah, yeah. Right there. yeah. I don't think he followed Obi Wan's advice. I also don't think Obi Wan's advice was good. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Just as an aside, speaking of hiding. Obi-Wan, stop wearing brown robes. Oh my goodness. A supposed undercover mission. Right? You know, robes that are so iconic that this fake con man is wearing similar ones. And just like lightsaber hanging right Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so they flash it to the audience, but I'm like, there's there's other people in the shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, since there are numerous uh, vehicles that don't seem to be terribly expensive that zoom over the sand with, you know, no marks. Maybe not have a clear set of animal footprints right, right, going right. right to the cave you're hiding in yeah, yeah. all the time. Okay, so here's something else I got to ask about the cave. Because we had uh, Danielle, who's a TikToker, uh, written in the Star Wars on for a Primer episode. She's fantastic. I see also we have some comments. I'll, I'll respond to that in a bit in just a moment. But um, one of the things that she said is that we agreed that when Obi-Wan says in A New Hope, I, I don't remember ever owning a droid before. It's kind of insulting to R seven, who was Obi Wan's droid through most four? of it. Maybe it's uh, I think it's R. Maybe it's R four. R four is in yeah yeah. There's definitely an R four. I can't. But anyway, yeah. We saw C three PO acting as a translator droid at the Alderanian court, which fine that that's believable. That's clearly R two buried in the sand, poking up his little thing, right? No no. no 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 no. That's not R two. Um, I think that's R four slash seven. I can't remember. I think our four but, kind of bit it in Revenge of yeah, the Sith. Yeah, so it's Obi Wan's droid is R four P seventeen. Yeah, I think okay. it's like a chunk of R four oh, that okay. is set up as a security system. Right. Or no, okay. Wait. I'm also seeing R four G nine. I don't know, but R four. Okay. Is the well, prefix. An R4 unit, yeah. I, I would like that a lot more because I I do feel like the attempt to get C three PO and and R two into every single property stretches credulity at some times. And yeah. So I was just like. Please tell me that's not R2. Yeah. False. Um, give, me, give me all the C-3PO and R2 that my body can handle. So, yeah. The, the Kenobi moment, though, that hit me the hardest. I'm curious because I think I understood what it was meant, but then someone else on TikTok proposed a different theory. When he is saying to little Leia, you know, you remind me of someone. She mm-hmm. wasn't a Jedi. She was a leader. She could mm-hmm. be stubborn. And Leia's like, I'm not stubborn. And it's like, yes, you are. Yeah. I, I teared up. I'm getting even like a little misty eyed talking about it now. Because to me, he's clearly talking about Padme. Oh. Uh, well, so that so. at least that was my reading of it. But then someone yeah. else was like, no, he's talking about Satine. Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought he was talking about Anakin. I, I to be. Uh-huh. Before he said all the things about not a Jedi. Right. So here, you, here's you, my... Sorry, Paul. Well, I, I missed that. You, do you think it's Padme or Satine? I thought it was Anakin. Clearly it's not. Oh, and yeah. I feel like everybody assuming he was a woman is like, I don't 
don't know, maybe reveals a little bit of some sort of things in society, but like... Oh, I could have sworn he used Well, a... I think it's because he's talking about like a... No, he first says. First, he's he. Yeah, 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 no. Clearly, he wasn't talking about Anakin. But when he first says it, he's like, "You remind me of someone." I'm like, "Oh, Oh. she totally reminds me of Anakin." And then he switches. Yeah. Yeah. But then Padme also kind of reminds me of Anakin. Like there are things that they had in common that if they had had any chemistry and dialogue that was not like the worst, (laughs) like I could see how that relationship would work, right? And Satine also has a similar kind of, you know. I thought you were talking about Padme, but... Yeah, what I, what I got out of it is that he might be talking... It makes sense to me that it were not clear if he means Padme or Satine. Because mm-hmm. to me, this goes even deeper to what I've been thinking for a while, that it is his relationship with Satine that never happens, and her death, that means that it's just... He knows how hard it was to let go of that. He can't tell Anakin no. Mm-hmm. And to me, if Padme reminds him of Satine which I think there were right. some ways they were similar, mm, okay. then it's all the more, how can I how can I tell Anakin to say no to the person I came so close to not saying no to? Right, right. Silver Dreamer in the chat, who is uh, Will from the Hype is My Superpower podcast, great podcast on comic books. Uh, he says that he's Camp Padme. I, I think most of us are Camp Padme, but that's Satine. Or, or, or the, Sarah, are you a Satine? Satine, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Oh, a hundred. Hundred, hundred and thousand percent, yeah. So, so just to recap, Satine in mm, the Clone yeah. Wars cartoon was the Duchess of Mandalore, and there are several several arcs with her and Obi Wan where they talk about the fact that they had a relationship in the past, and he at one she admits that she lo- still loves him, and he says, "I would have left the Jedi Order if you had asked me to." Yeah. Uh, but then she's killed in that cartoon. And so that's one of the things we as Clone Wars Obi-Wan fans want to see is him acknowledge, you know, that mm-hmm. property and that relationship because yeah. it's right. so central to his character in that series. But I think like also like Obi-Wan didn't have a whole ton of interaction with Padme that's also true. is part of it. And like, obviously he had a lot of interaction with, with um, Satine and Satine was like super sassy and super stubborn and really mm. like took the piss out of him a lot of the times which is exactly what leia was doing in that moment yeah. and then i think like you know seeing your friend's kid thinking about like maybe i could have had a kid with satine mm. like this is who you remind me sure, of and yeah. like getting nostalgic about that but i i also like that it, it it could be either or that they didn't specifically say and that i mean it makes this connection that Pe- padme and satine were so similar which i hadn't actually thought that much about before so yeah i hadn't either i I will say there was one moment that i thought was also explicitly a connect leia to padme moment even though it's from the books which is again sorry i'm talking about the books so much but they're just they're so being referenced in this uh when my favorite now star wars trilogies is is about it's called queen's peril queen's Mm -hmm. shadow queen's hope by ek johnson wonderful books but they do a lot about young padme padme as a queen padme as a senator And one of the things they talk a lot about is how much her and her handmaidens really enjoyed like playing tricks on the guards by Mm. dressing up different people as Mm -hmm. the princess or the queen in part so they could do important matters of state. And in one instance, so they could go watch a boy band, uh, which is a brilliant (laughs) scene in the books. So having Leia do that, like, yeah, that that had to be an intentional reference to that little bit of the books of like, well, I thought it was a reference to Phantom Menace because like doesn't isn't Padme's whole deal in Phantom Menace that she has... um... Oh yeah, she has she yeah, has the handmaid. Nightly dressing up as right, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Uh, and then one of them dies. Uh, yeah, one of them gets blown attack, up. Attack of the clones. She's like, I failed you. That was literally, your, you had one job and, and you just did it. So yeah, yeah. Mission you, you did not fail her. <laughs> well, and we I will say, I, I love the interactions between Leia and Obi-Wan and that amount of sass that she gives him yeah. throughout. I love those interactions. Maybe now start talking about Leia some. Mm. The interactions between her and Bail Organa. Like, yeah. we... Jimmy's, by the way, there's a number of people have commented on the abundance of very attractive Latino men in Star Wars between like Cassian Andor and, and uh, 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 Pedro Pascal and Oscar Isaacs. Jimmy Smith has entered that conversation with a bang. Um, uh, loved, loved that, but also just like getting to see how much of an influence he has on Leia. You know, that whole thing about like, well, one day you can boss them around, you know, and being so proud of her for tearing down her cousin, even though her mother wants her to apologize. I just, because I, I do think it's easy to see that Olea is just Padme's child, and the genetics went out. But no, I think what we're seeing is so much of who she is, is how she's raised by her, by her adoptive mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. Well, even, okay, I totally forget her name. I want to call her Baru, but that's obviously not her name. The, the queen of Alderaan, it starts with a B. I'm so sorry. I'm blanking here. But she um, talks to... It's Beira? Beira? Okay. She talks Beira. to Bale and says, like, oh, like, she reminds me of someone. And I think in that moment, like, she's talking about Bale, right? Like, oh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, free-spirited. Yeah. Doesn't really care too, too much for the rules. Is going to go run off into the woods and hang right. out with her droid and run into Flea. So that's great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because we know from the, uh, uh, the Rebels TV show... That Bale is one of the original founding people of the rebellion, right. and he has Leia working missions for him when she's like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In some of the best episodes, where yeah. she is just has no problem bossing everyone around. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it, but it also like those conversations pull at the heartstrings because we know what happens to Alderaan. So yeah. when he says something yeah. like, "The people yeah. of this planet will look to you," like, <laughs> ugh, it just <laughs> hits. <Yeah. laughs> As a million voices cry out in terror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah. I mean, one thing that struck me is we've never really seen Alderaan. We've, we yeah. saw a, a quick flash of it at night, or it might even be in Coruscant with, with Bale and, and uh, the Empress, the, the Queen, and, and Baby Leia. And we heard Cara Dune talk about how beautiful and wonderful it was. But even just seeing this like gorgeous planet where like technology has... They've like, been well weaved into the nature and like the, the buildings look like the mountains and it just it hit me. I, I think they were very intentionally being like, look how beautiful this world was that got destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that we got to see more Alderaan. I love that 3PO was like hanging out in the background because it makes sense, right? Like he's their yeah. droid. He should be there at a party. Yeah. Just like all those scenes of Alderaan is it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it makes the destruction of Alderaan all the more heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, Alderaan is basically like a planet that gets fridged in the in A New Hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like yeah. an entire planet of people that literally get killed just to have an emotional effect on Leia. Like, that's the entire right. purpose. And, like, having it be like, oh, this is this is an actual planet with people and, and trees and droids. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it's great to see that. Yeah. But also, yeah. like, oh, yeah, they're they're all, yeah, no, they're, they're not going to make yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One other cool thing from the characters that I wanted to bring up, especially because it um, it, it ties into those first three minutes of flashbacks, which uh, Silver Dreamer, who I'd mentioned before, he points out that um, it sucked that we we got flashbacks from the, the, the three movies, but nothing from the, the animated show, which I, 
I get why it'd be hard, but I agree with you. So much of the character development, especially of Obi-Wan and Anakin and Anakin and Padme and all these characters, I think, happens in that show. Even just voiceovers would have been great. Yeah, exactly. Um, But one of the things... Go ahead. I have a theory based on that going in a new direction, but you go ahead. Well, we we rewatched one one of the trailers, and I think there's a voiceover of Satine in one of them where she says something like, "I've always loved you, Obi Wan." Right? Like, wasn't oh, wow. that in the trailer? Oh, I don't know. I was so mm-hmm. when we when we rewatched the trailer, we, I was scanning for more Grand Inquisitor mm-hmm. moments that we hadn't yet seen, and there are none. Oh, well, um, I didn't watch but... any of the trailers very deliberately, so I'd rather <laughs> okay. like not too much delve into like. Speculation. Yeah. Well, you've based seen on... it all, most of it now. There's only right. like a few short scenes mm-hmm. yeah. left yeah. in the trailers yeah. that we have not seen. Let me ask you this, Paul. Yeah. Um, uh, Disney put out a here are the episodes of the Clone Wars to watch to get ready for Kenobi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would knowing those be a spoiler in your mind? I mean, yeah, but like obviously okay. I already know the answer to that, you know? Okay. Like, well, I'll, uh, I'll... Yeah. It's fine, uh, whatever. Okay, because I'll just say the one other part of that is that one of those episode arcs is the Satine arc. Right. So clearly that's going to have some reference. But that's kind of going to what I was saying, which is that for me, one of the things, and I think I've said this on a couple of our primer episodes, I really want Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn to come back. Uh, And so when during the opening trip, because, you know, we we set up in the, the show and in the movies that... Qui-Gon Jinn is the first force ghost and that Yoda mm-hmm. says your master will come back and talk to you while you're waiting on Tatooine and so I was like I hope we get Liam Neeson I hope we get Liam Neeson and I'm not it's not 100% sure yet but when one of the flashback scenes was that you know telling Obi-Wan you'll get to talk to your old master I went crazy right. I had to actually pause the show and make a TikTok because I was so excited <laughs> And like hearing that that Obi Wan is still calling out to Qui Gon, like maybe we won't get it. Maybe it'll just be silence. But I, I think no, we're going we're to see the it. words Liam Neeson on a credit at some point. Yes. It's going to make yeah. me super happy. I think I, I commented to to Riki like it's it's Chekhov's Force Ghost. Like you're going to yeah. set it up in scene one, and we're going to get the payoff, but probably not until like episode six. Mm-hmm. But it still gives me that again. Like what what has been going on for ten years? Yeah. Like I, based on the ending of Revenge of the Sith, I would have thought that immediately Obi Wan and Force Ghost Qui Gon would just like start chatting it up. But it seems like they're implying that it has been ten years and he still has not been able to make contact. Oh, I I got a, I got a different implication. I I thought what we were seeing was that Qui Gon has made contact, but it's sporadic. Because when Obi Wan wakes up, he's not like, oh my god, is it true? He's like, Qui Gon is that you? Is Master Qui Gon is that you? Which, to me, made me feel like it has happened already, just not very often. Huh. I see. Okay. I Different interpretation with that. Like, he's been told by Yoda that this is a thing that can happen. But he's, like, gone all out in his rejection of the Force that it just, like, hasn't happened slash can't happen. Mm. Like, we see when he's trying to, like, force hold Leia from yeah, he's the like, building. Like, he's struggling. Yeah. Right? So, like, he's not he's not really, like, connected with the Force anymore. So I think having, like, Force right. Ghost Liam Neeson come back isn't a thing that he's particularly yeah. mm. ready for. So I don't think it's happened yet, and I don't think it can happen because he's, like, not... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that would muscle? answer why it hasn't yeah. happened. Yeah, I can see that. I'm just I, like, I, what else does a Force ghost have to do? You know? Yeah. Like, are they Yoda. busy? Are there a lot? Yeah, just chill with Yoda <laughs> and be like, oh, I like it here on Dagobah. Well, but that's why I like yeah. Sarah's explanation, that maybe, like, Qui-Gon is kind of knocking at the door. Right, right, right. But and you have Obi-Wan's to be tuned not. enough to the Force. Yeah, to... yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it so does give me sort of like flashbacks to like Last Jedi and the whole like oh, I've shut myself off from the Force and I'm like I don't know uh, here with Co- with Kenobi it I, I I feel like it potentially makes more sense like mm-hmm. where it is like he did go through a really big trauma right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I do also the wonder like really like just 10 years you're just like you're just like what is your plan obi-wan like are like you're gonna train luke or you're not gonna train luke but you're like not gonna train leia and like i don't know just like what i think his plan is he's waiting for obi-wan he's waiting for luke waiting for qui-gon for luke to to, show but so here's the thing about that that's weird to me and i wonder where if they're gonna rectify this and this might be one of sort of the many questions you have riki like in Return of the in in no no in Empire Strikes Back, Yoda's like no too old to begin to begin the training. He is like yeah okay if at some point he's too old to begin the training and in fact Anakin was what like ten also or something Nine, and I think. and they were like oh he's too old he's like first of all if someone's too old what are you you're just supposed to let them go around unsupervised force using like that sounds like a great plan but like. Also, but like then, if Luke's ten and Leia's ten, it does feel like I don't know. I'm 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 not optimistic that we're going to get a satisfying sort of something where that all comes together. But see, I I actually am satisfied with it because my memory of that, and granted, I've not seen Empire for about six. I watch these things about once a year at least, right, right. about six or nine months. But still, I've seen it a lot. Is that Yoda's saying he's too old? But then Obi Wan is say is kind of arguing back and saying like you know he's not. Well, and, yeah. Uh, and to me, I think part of the point is that Obi Wan has realized that maybe the taking them at that to me this is kind of saying that the problem wasn't that Anakin was too young; it's that they should have waited even longer. It wasn't um, that he was too old; it was that he was too young. Is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. Maybe. And, and, maybe. And especially, we've been talking this a lot on our Star Wars Rebels coverage, which check out on this podcast. You know, granted, Obi-Wan probably doesn't know about these people yet, but at some other point, well, no, because it hasn't happened yet. We've got five more years. But in Star Wars Rebels, we're going to see other Jedi who are much older and who break a lot of the rules of the, Mm -hmm. like, the Jedi who are doing just fine. Right. So, but yeah, I I agree with you. It's one of those things where it's like, Kind of like with, you know, Anakin, uh, uh, Reva knowing that Anakin is Vader. It's like, that's breaking what we've been told. So you need to, you need to acknowledge that and tell us why. Right. Yeah. 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 I also think like, it probably has a lot to do with like Obi-Wan and his feelings, right? Like he's waiting for the right time, right? He's waiting for Luke to show that he's got powers. So it's like, instead of being proactive, and like testing Luke or like really battling with Owen, he's just in this holding pattern of like, well, right. just gotta wait, just gotta wait here on Tatooine yeah. until Luke starts showing forth powers, and that's what I'm doing. And like this well, idea of like pushing and trying to jump at any sort of opportunity is just like so far mm. from his right. mind, right? Like, like even like when Bale comes and is like, "This is my daughter, go help." Right. Like, nah, I gotta wait yeah. on Tatooine and spy on this kid all the time. Well, especially right? because um. We know that, like, one of the worst things that happened to Anakin was taking him away from his mother. Yeah. And that he was just never able to to get past that. And so I can, you know, granted, like, you know, Luke doesn't seem to have, like, the most loving relationship with his aunt and uncle, but they love each other. They're close. And I can imagine Obi-Wan also feeling like, you know, a teenager who's ready to leave home would be one thing, but taking another 10-year-old kid from his parents 
maybe yeah. not the best idea. Mm. I don't know. To me, it just, it feels so like height of depression where it's like, are you going to do this yeah. thing? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do the thing. Don't worry about it. I'm going to do the thing. Hey, Owen, we're going to do the thing, right? It's going to happen. <laughs> cool, cool. I'm going to go back to my cave and hang out. It, it, it's PTSD depression, yeah. you know, where it's yeah, the, yeah. I, I don't want to make a decision. I want right. someone else to make a decision for me because I think, I think more than anything, he just is carrying so much guilt. And, oh, yeah. and that's what makes, I think, the, yeah, I think, and I think that's what to me makes the thing with the Jedi so heartbreaking and why that motivates him in the end is that as well as with Leia, that he thought he felt like there's not any way I try to help this Jedi will wind up with him dead, mm. but then I don't try to wind, help him and he still winds up dead. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's going to happen in the course of this show is that Obi-Wan is going to realize that Leia is showing some force powers or ability mm-hmm. to connect with the force. And then he will kind of switch gears and be like, oh, hey, Bale, by the way, Leia is showing force powers. And Bale and maybe Bayra are going to push back on him and say, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> we don't want her involved in this. She's yeah. our daughter. Like, you do your thing with Luke. And that is going to, like, push him mm. back from this brink of, like, being right. ready to train somebody. Mm. And... Because right. we know, like, he doesn't end up doing anything until A New Hope. Yeah. When it's basically forced upon him. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, hope that, I hope that it happens. I also hope maybe it's already happened a little bit already. Because that would kind of address your point, uh, uh, Paul, of why is he already, why is he just focused on this one kid and thinking that Luke is the chosen one instead of maybe Leia? What? But... Misogyny. Yeah. But he, it seems like he does, he hasn't wanted to do anything with... Leia for like a long time, right? But, but I'm saying, what if Bail Organa from the beginning was like, "Don't you dare look at this!" Oh, child. like ahead of time. Yeah. Oh. What well, I mean, like... they did sort of decide, right? Like, Bail's gonna look after Leia. Yeah. Owen slash Obi Wan are gonna look after Luke. Right. That's how right. we have split this. That is the assignment. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's sort of like we're trying to find modern ways to justify the fact that because of it's a story told originally in the '70s. In that time, none of the, everyone just so yeah. Of course, you care about the male kid. You don't care about the the sister. Um, I mean, even now, right? Like, yeah. I I think yeah. if you, I think if they wrote if they wrote it today, it wouldn't have been quite so. Um, they would have had to find more of a justification for why everyone was not even thinking about Leia. Mm. Potentially, uh, I mean, or it could be like Shang Chi, yeah. where it's like he's clearly just thinking about his son, not yeah. his daughter. You know, although that was a point in the movie, so yeah. You know, right. So exactly. Count. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else about Kenobi and Leia? Should we move on to uh, the Inquisitors and talk about them for a bit? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll start with just actually a question from our chat. Uh, Silver Dreamer again asks, is it worth talking about if third sister, Reva, had force powers on the level of Kylo Ren, Rey, or uh, Starkiller, she could have stopped the cargo ship from escaping? Um, oh yeah i i definitely thought that i was like why aren't you doing literally anything to stop that ship at the end of episode two because it's much more satisfying to yell (laughs) so the plot could happen yeah i mean yeah like ahsoka does it too right in um the end of the clone Mm -hmm. wars doesn't she try to stop maul from getting away yes i think so yes yeah I think we established in the in the Star Wars Rebels, which, by the way, for those who haven't seen it, where the, the Inquisitors come from, that um, they're powerful, but they're not like Seth. Like Maul could have probably wiped the floor with any of them. Um, right, and, and, and does and, and does right? actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And like Spoilers. Weeva isn't right. even as powerful as the Grand Inquisitor, right? Like he's able to right. force push her around, right? Like, like nothing. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think she has the ability to stop a freighter. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. also just like things are inconsistent. Like those yeah. two things, right? Like she's not the most powerful force user, and force powers are inconsistent. It's like they work when you want them to work, basically. Yeah. And you is... being the writer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She works so, when the plot wants it to work. Exactly. Yeah. I will say, and starting, we, we talked about this in terms of the makeup and like daylight. I know the Grand Inquisitor doesn't look like the Grand Inquisitor in the show, mm-hmm. and, I, and I couldn't care less. I, I feel like it works. His look yeah. works. He looks intimidating. He looks inhuman. You know, like, and I think that there, we can talk about the sort of like humans first nature of the Star Wars universe, but I mean that in like, he looks distinctly alien in a, in a way that is meant to be scary and intimidating. And like, right. we could play with that some and call that problematic, but just for what it means about the character, I think it, you know, I, I think he's intimidating and scary. I think that Riva, the, the rivalry among them, I'm really loving. Uh, what do y'all think about how the Inquisitors are playing a part so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally fine with the appearance of the Grand Inquisitor. Um, like, when things change from animation to live action, they're gonna look different. Like, Dooku doesn't look anything like animated Dooku, and we're fine with that, right? right? Um, I And I would rather have this than, like, bad special effects, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm glad we went with practical effects, and that I'm, I'm fine with the way he looks. Um, I, I love his interactions with Riva, and that, like... He and Fifth Brothers seem to have the, like, catching any Jedi is catching a good Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Reva is solely concerned with catching Kenobi. Um, and Grand Inquisitor just being, like, pissed off at her about that is great. Mm-hmm. Like, when um, the first Jedi in the saloon kind of runs away and Fifth Brother gives him a little bit of a chase, but the Grand Inquisitor doesn't do anything, Riki is like, why wouldn't you go after him? There's three of you. Because like, he's much more concerned with, like, talking down to Riva right. than about catching this Jedi, right? Like, he, that's his main priority now, is telling her off. And I really like how, even how Fifth Brother talks to Riva and saying, like, you're too impulsive, right? Because this is all stuff that people said to Anakin, right? You're too impulsive, too much emotion, too single-minded. And so I like that they're building that connection without explicitly building that connection. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I I felt like that them not chasing him. I was like, what? like wh- what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. But like, I I can see that sort of character interpretation, and that it kind of works that way. Yeah, the Grand Inquisitor has never run in his life, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just walks menacingly. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. his move. Not a runner. Yeah, Grand Inquisitor really like- never running. <laughs> I really like Reva's, char- Reva's character. I think the parkour is great. I like that she's not just following orders, that she's kind of off on her own thing. Um, and I, I think one of the things that makes her character most interesting is, and I've seen some discussion about this, I'm curious where you two fall. As I took it, I think we are meant to feel like it is not clear how much of her desire to catch Kenobi is because of her own personal feelings towards Kenobi. Because it may, and I think that's because in some way she, like, and we've seen in some other things, especially the Jedi Fallen Order, that often many of the Inquisitors are former Padawans who feel like their Jedi Masters abandoned them during Order 66, and so they have a lot of uh, anger about that. I imagine there's some part of that, I have some ideas about why, but also that it's also because she really hero worships uh, Vader, Anakin, 
And I think what we're clearly learning is that Vader is very much aware that Obi-Wan is still alive mm-hmm. and is very much hunting for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing where that's going to play out. Because I, I kind of felt like it's, it's left very intentionally unclear and probably even unclear to her which of those two motivations is bigger. What do you all feel about that and her kind of single-minded focus on Kenobi? I, I think her, I think she knows her motivations. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we as an audience don't quite know it yet. Uh-huh. Um, like, uh, my interpretation is that it's, it's cause she, she's got a thing going on with Anakin, um, in some capacity, whether he's like training her to be her apprentice, they're just like friends or something. Um, but yeah, I think like she knows what her motivations are. And I think that it's purposely been left for the interpretation of she's, a Padawan who's upset that the master and I masters have abandoned her after order 66, but I don't think that's why she's doing it, but I do think she knows why she's doing it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in, in the comic books, I believe Darth Vader, you know, after becoming black suit, Vader goes off on this quest. And when he comes back from it, the emperor says, by the way, I want you to lead these folks, the inquisitors and introduces him to the grand inquisitor. So, the Order of the Inquisitors and the Grand Inquisitor himself are set up as, you know, agents of Emperor Palpatine, and then Vader is put in charge of them. Mm-hmm. I think what might be going on is that Vader sees Reva as his personal replacement for the Grand Inquisitor, and that's why she's mm-hmm. so loyal to him and knows that he's Anakin and is after Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she even says, like, when the Fifth Brother is asking her why she's so hellbent on getting Kenobi... She says, like, I, I need to get what I'm old. Right? Right, yeah. so, exactly. Like, so I, I, I theorize that Vader has promised her the position of Grand Inquisitor if she brings him Kenobi. And, like, maybe more than that. Like, yeah, maybe, right. like, you'll be my apprentice and together yeah, we'll rule exactly. the galaxy yeah. and yes, overthrow yeah. the Emperor, right? <laughs> yeah. It feels like these Sith are just always looking for the person to be, oh, you're going to rule the galaxy with me and then we'll kill that guy. No, no, we're, yeah. we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, well, I mean, that we're fine. We're fine. Don't worry about it. Again, this is from the legends, but I think it's very much come into canon. That was the idea. The rule of two is one person to embody yeah. the power and one person to crave it. Right. With the idea being that eventually the apprentice is supposed to kill the master and right. take over. Yeah. yeah. Um, Once you become weird, strong, it's like, always one that's Yeah. Like, they, this is a group where you were always going to be murdered. Right. Um, like, that's your goal. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think it just, <laughs> that's yeah. That's your it, goal. It, it, it just fits so much in all. I just love all this dark side stuff we're going to explore. And I'm really mm. looking forward to seeing more of that. Um, and just, I, you know, a woman of color playing an important role in, in Star Wars is just, it's pissing off the fanboys. So I love it. Yeah. I mean, even she, if we had a female stormtrooper too. Yeah, to I mean, she's got to be Finn's mom and that that woman's mom, right? Because no. she's like the only, the only other other <laughs> only black woman in Star Wars ever. Yeah. So, she but is. like, yeah, well, it, it's it's nice to see progress. Yeah, yeah. Even but when yeah, it takes her a last time. name is Calrissian. That will not be progress. Let's have numerous different. Utterly unconnected. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think Paul's just being sarcastic. <laughs> I am oh, no. being very I was, sarcastic. I was yes, going along you. with the joke. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to uh, clarify, yes. don't write us angry. Yeah. Emails. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have gotten some angry emails when someone didn't understand one of the New Yorkers' sarcasm. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Grand Inquisitor yeah. is dead. Yeah. Oh. Let's, let's let's throw the Question tiger on the table and yell. We at know it, right? he's not dead because this character appears later on. I, but what do we think is how how is he not dead? I, I mean, 
how I mean, I've never seen a Sith apparently die and then survive. I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> somehow, I mean, my guess is just Inquisitor returned. somehow, exactly, exactly. Somehow the Grand Oh, God. Actually, returns. now that you say that, because I, I remember that that was one of the things that made me roll my eyes somewhat about, I think it was season two of Mandalorian, when they started establishing that, like, cloning technology was something they were working on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So yeah, maybe it's gonna be a clone of the. Uh, I I want to believe that either he's not dead or that that like he he is sort of already like oh. remember he was a temple guardian for the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's possible he already is kind of a zombie version of the Grand Inquisitor, yeah, yeah. and maybe they just have a way to keep bringing him back. I think now maybe there's a possibility that this is gonna be more setting up how cloning exists in this world that I really don't want oh. to see. Oh, that wasn't really my implication, but I, I can see that. No, no, I'm, just, I'm taking with it running with yeah, it. Yeah, with the somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, this is them like, pra- this is the Emperor practusing the cloning of Force users to get it ready for himself. Oh, right. Honestly, okay, Wait, but so Emperor's... when you first saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. ugh, no, but... The Grand Inquisitor is Snoke. Is <laughs> <laughs> that where you're going? Um, no, no, just like practicing, like he's practicing the cloning technology I don't hate that because it does give us a bit of an explanation instead of just like, I don't know, clones, whatever, go with it. Um, Because also, like, the other explanation is, like, they wanted to tease Grand Inquisitor for Rebels fans, but also knew that he was more powerful than Rivas and needed to get him out of the way. So then they grievously injured him. Right. Which feels like a big kick in the teeth because, like, why would you yeah. use this character who's, yeah. like, right. so specific to, like, such a subsect of the pa- fandom? He got involved. Why would you get such a great actor to play him, too? Unless the actor was like, I'm going to do one episode and that's it. You know, two episodes yeah. and that's it. Flee. Anyway, yeah. This is a problem I have with a lot of properties is when they have a previous uh, best, you know, strongest villain and then you bring a new villain along who just like easily knocks them off to establish like how much stronger this new villain is. Like yeah. that's what I feel like happened here, and I didn't mm-hmm. like that. But it's not even like he's that. Okay, yes, like we all know and love the Grand Inquisitor, but I don't even think he's like that established. Like to me, if this is what's happening, it has like Wandavision mm-hmm. tinges of like we're gonna bring in this character who like the the deep cut fans will know and love and get so excited about and mm-hmm. then like JK lol them and just like off them in the second episode like that would make me very upset and I hope yeah. that that's not what's happened I hope that like either like Grand Inquisitor is just like out of commission for a little bit so Reva gets to make this power play while mm-hmm. they're maybe like fitting him with a Darth Vader-y stomach yeah, right. situation um, and we still get to see him, but he, he, yeah, he's, if he's actually, de- I mean, I don't know, if he's I, dead in his clones, that's also interesting, but then why doesn't he come back after they kill him yeah, in the I, I, I think if we, he doesn't, if he doesn't stay an important character, I would definitely be disappointed. I think he yeah. will. I, if nothing oh. else, because I think just making Reva in charge, so much of the interesting thing is how can she work within his control while still undermining him at every turn. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of, I think it'd be boring if we lost that already. Does, yeah, and like, yeah. Are we 100% sure that this Grand Inquisitor is the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels? Or is that a no, title? but he looks, okay, Grand Inquisitor is a title. Okay. He looks um, a lot like him. He looks a lot he doesn't like look the exactly guy. I mean, like, there's like obviously him. like coming yeah. to live action yeah. differences. Yeah. But yeah, it, maybe it, it's his brother, but I don't know. It, yeah. it does seem though like a very Disney Plus kind of way to like, you know, hoodwink people. 
to tell oh, people yeah. this is the Grand Inquisitor, have everyone go, no, it doesn't look like it, it doesn't look like it, and then later give us the one who actually looks like him. Like, I will hate that, right. but that to me would be a very much like, no, I'm I'm a boner joke. I'm not actually Wanda Maximoff's brother. Right, right, right. Yeah, but like, the, like he uh, looks enough like the Grand Inquisitor. Like, I feel like Fifth Brother looks less like Fifth Brother Oh, in right, the sure. Yeah. But he does look Grand like Fifth Brother. Looks... You can see it, yeah, right? No, You're like, oh, that's clearly like, Fifth Brother. He's got that silly hat. He's got the yeah, hat. Yeah, the he's hat. got the green yeah. face. Yeah, like, yeah, it's I mean, clearly Fifth Brother. It's enough Fifth Brother that I'm fine with it. Yeah. But I think Grand Inquisitor looks more like cartoon Grand Inquisitor than Fifth Brother does. And nobody, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there are people who are yeah. very, very upset about it, but. There's less. People There's people who are very, very okay. upset about everything. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm upset about the Jedi in the butcher shop. Someone is yeah. upset about the makeup. Like that's I'm upset just... about the way Princess Leia runs. It's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. There's everybody. Yeah. Upset I'm upset that she knows that Anakin is Vader. Like we've all got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, we I'm all just, got I'm something. Tr- <laughs> I'm yeah. trusting Filoni. We'll make it make sense, but we'll see. Uh, the last big character I want to talk about, who I think is kind of my favorite character, at least of the new ones. Uh, Haja Estri, who's the, the the fake Jedi. I love this a because he's he's the scoundrel. Like we need a Han Solo somewhere around here. Although all that time going through the criminal underworld, I'm sure I'm not the only one who was kind of like Hondo, Hondo. Like I, oh. want, I, I was hoping for Hondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me also, I love this character in part because I think it exposed a really important part of Kenobi's character, which is that. Yes, he's a con man. Yes, he's making some money. But it was very clear to me that he helped those people get to safety onto the ship, you know, using his own powers. and aren't Jedi powers, but his powers of, like, bribery and relationship building. And so I, I, when Kenobi was like, no, you're just a scoundrel. You're just making money. I I thought Kenobi was a little wrong. And I liked that that was proven true when by the end, the guy's like, no, I'm I'm here to help you. I do help people. I just like credits, too, because they buy things. And I was like. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely love him. And I think, like, I, Obi-Wan has maybe a reason to be upset, because it's like, I'm heavily persecuted for being this, and here you are playing <laughs> right, Ken, right. what the fuck guy, or what the, what the heck guy. <laughs> that, that's um, fair. Sorry. I consider that part, but yeah, that's fair. Right? Um, but, yeah, I, I love his explanation, too. Like, I got them there safely. I'm not, like, sending them into some trap. Mm-hmm. They're gonna get off the planet. I just have a few more credits, and they have a few less. Wah. You know, it happens. And he's, uh, yeah, he's just so charming, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminded me a lot of, like, Kamal Anjiani's character in Eternals, who oh, was yeah. the best character in Eternals. Yeah. 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 Hot take. <laughs> um, where he's just, like, yeah, he's he's a, he's a scoundrel. He's, like, a little sewer rat. But he's, he's charming. And deep down, he's going to do the right thing. Yeah. I, I liked him in Eternals. I thought his character, like a lot of the others in Eternals, didn't really get the full justice he deserved. Oh, yeah. In terms of being a little bit too much of just, he's just the Bollywood star. Uh, So I really love that, like, he's getting, yeah, it's a different kind of character, but still some of the same, like, super personality, but a little bit smarminess, but Mm -hmm. from such a different direction. And I I love it. And I'm, I I was definitely going to be sad if he, like, died nobly fighting Reva to save save Obi Wan. His plan didn't make any sense, right? Hmm? To slow her down. I mean, kind like, of. Did, his did, his plan was like, I'm a just... I, okay, first of all, I don't think he knew that she could break into his mind and just find out where they went. Right, right? yeah, yeah. So his plan was like, I'm gonna just fight with her for a little bit and like stall yeah. her while they get on the cargo ship and go. Yeah. And then uh-huh. the fact that she just easily broke into his mind and was like, ooh, thanks to these coordinates, bye. Yeah, That's and fun. then left him alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Surprising. Because he's gonna be back. 
Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> she read the script. Yeah, yeah she read, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think there's going to be something going on here. You know, he tells Obi-Wan to take Leia to, I think it was Morkupa, Morkuka, and says something along the lines of, there are people there that will help you. So he has connections to something. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like a budding rebellion or if it's like Jedi survivors, because the fact that he is playing a Jedi as a con man, I think maybe implies that he might know or like have some connections to some jedi in mm. fact mm-hmm. sure yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, to me the simple fact that yeah like reva has every reason in the world to kill him at that point or at least to take off his hand and the fact yeah. that she just kind of like let leaves him is like oh okay he's still important to the plot awesome right yeah, sure. yeah exactly but also i mean too unimportant to reva right like right. you're not actually a jedi why do i yeah. give a poop right or like you whatever thanks for the information by sewer rat in your like bathrobe not jedi robe mm. um yeah i i love that detail too that he's like wearing like a velour robe instead of the like linen robes mm-hmm. that the jedi wear <laughs> anyway it's just it's I, all great yeah i will say i i figured out he's a con man very quickly but I was sure. kind of hope, especially, yeah. I mean, pretty pretty obvious. Clearly, the mind control over the radio. Um, but I I was a little disappointed at the magnet part because I, where I thought they were going with him was that he was someone like the the character in Rogue One who has some like very small force abilities, and that we're kind of showing is it's not like everything. It's a binary, and either you have the force enough to become a Jedi or a Sith, or you don't. But that there are people who have like little bits of abilities, and I would have kind of liked it if he if he had that. But I think it's also totally fair that he doesn't, and and we may but, still find out he still does just a little bit. Which character in Rogue One are you talking about? Donnie Yen's character. Okay. Yeah, the, the blind. I haven't seen Rogue One in a in a, in a okay. long time. It's it's the uh, blind person who was kind of me. like a a sort of a monk on. Oh Jedha. yes, 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 yes. Got, got gotcha. Yeah. I was thinking stick. of the um, stick, the boy at the end of not Force Awakens. Oh, Last um, Jedi. Last Jedi, who yeah. like, does the broom. Yeah. The, the Jedi anyway. the Jedi J.J. forgot. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the Jedi J.J. forgot. Also true. Also true. <laughs> Finn um, would have that, a word, I think. That's a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> or another episode of it, the same in podcast. In fact, you can go back and listen to them. There might have yeah. been some ranting involved. <laughs> we might have discussed it some on our episodes about Rogue One, and uh, our, our episodes about Last Jedi, and about um, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, mm. Sorry, what the hell? Uh, yeah, yeah, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. That's, that's actually know, yeah, the name. I, You're just surprised that you got it on the first try. Because yeah. who wants to get the name of that movie right on the first try? Uh, but we love Ray around here. This is not Ray bashing. Don't come at no. us for any of that in the comments. JJ bashing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not bashing anyone. Aww. I disagree with some decisions that were made. I think there are some movies that are worse than others. But as a fandom, I think it's important that we not bash anyone involved in this process that is made something in good faith mm-hmm. sure mm. okay i mean for me it's more about attacking the decisions and you know the quality of the work rather than yeah. like yeah. the yeah. people right i mean it's like somebody unless somebody makes something that is intended to harm or maybe does some unintentional harm through you yeah. know their bigotry or whatever like it's not a thing to attack somebody over right it's yeah. like yeah like, I think I'm that's not gonna like but it doesn't mean not criticizing, yeah. like being like, "Hey, I, I think you did a shit job on this," you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, I first want to push back and be like, "Clearly, that's what we mean." But the fact is, the fandom hasn't known that. Like, we right. were joking, yeah. We were not, not even joking. We were talking honestly about this before we started recording. 
that you know uh, I I had a much better impersonation not impersonation I had a much better feeling about the actress who's playing young Leia than the rest of you did, but we all agreed that like whether or not you think she's better or worse than Jake Lloyd was at playing young Anakin, the fact that a ten year old actor nine year old whatever he was was horribly bullied the fact that he thought about you know doing real harm to himself or ending his own life and same with Ahmed Best the actor who played Jar Jar because fans didn't like them like that that's garbage folks like you know I I think if you're listening to this podcast you know that but Ricky I do appreciate that that we I try to be more careful in the language of you know I I don't like these people's choices I don't like their what they're doing but yeah they're they're good people it's not there's no or at least I have no idea if they're good people people, but they're people Make We're not basing this, that off this. Yeah. Make they have made, don't they like have made properties that ultimately we still love, like as mm-hmm. a right. whole, even if we rank them lower, you know, as movies or TV shows. Like I yeah. still love the prequels because they are a part of this fabric. Yeah, I think it's good. So I appreciate them for for making them. That's fair. Yeah. And like I, yeah, I, I would have done it differently, but also I don't have like a. a writing yeah. degree or any practice screenwriting or directing or anything like that so it's easy to say yeah. from my couch um than actually doing it but yeah i think like jj bashing was maybe a strong word jj critiquing how about that, there you go. Is that good? There you go. yeah. i'm still gonna bash Zack snyder but that's the only one yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> I, i'm kidding there i'm kidding um but no i, I agree with that and I, I love also the term you used about the the fabric because i there's a point i want to make in a, a later podcast but you know to me when i think about the prequels versus the sequels I feel like there's a flip-flop in that the prequels add so much to the texture, to the fabric of Star Wars, while being technically, in terms of movie-making, like acting, directing, dialogue, quite terrible. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the sequels are the exact opposite, in that they kind of tear apart a lot of the fabric, but have some great characters and writing and dialogue. And um, but anyway, that's I, I, I just dropped a huge that. bombshell and said let's move on, which is kind of unfair of me. But <laughs> yeah, I <thought> yeah. <laughs> Back to Kenobi, perhaps. Back yeah. to Kenobi. Back, back to Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, what, uh, would you also uh, the point I think I was trying to get to with Asajj Street there, which we never finished, is just that to me I think part of what it reveals is that Obi Wan doesn't have enough faith in people that he mm-hmm. jumps immediately to thinking this guy's a scoundrel, which he kind of is, but then he's so surprised when the guy comes to help him at the end. Yeah, well, and like um, Leia calls him out on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Is it so tough to believe someone might actually be trying to help you? And like, <laughs> apparently, in Obi Wan's mind, like, yes, yes, it is because so many people are trying to kill me. Like, well, I saw my face on every which, bounty hunter's. And it's arm. pretty rich coming from her. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but also, I mean, forget about her for a second. His distrust is well earned. Right, right, you know, right. This is a even paranoid head. Like, he has yeah. a very well earned distrust response yeah 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 but maybe he could help to start getting past it people he fought on the same side as for three years tried to shoot him in the back repeatedly you know and the person who he trained from the time he was a young boy like tried to kill him and all the other jedi like yeah yeah maybe it is hard to just trust people I, i would you know i would i would um i would say he doesn't have a lot of faith in people i would not say he doesn't have enough faith in people yeah. I would say he is perhaps overly quick to judge, but I I, I don't know. I don't think people necessarily merit faith. Like yeah. I think it's people like, it's, a de- it's a well-earned defense mechanism. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So like I think like maybe he judges people too fast, but like being skeptical, I think that is healthy. And in the position yeah. he's in, like uh, the necessary for survival, really. Mm-hmm. It is fun. The article that I found, so I was looking up uh, the character's name for Hazaj Estri. Uh, it, the, the picture of it is a picture of him saying, so judgmental. 
Um, which is kind of funny given this whole conversation <laughs> yeah. we're having. Mm-hmm. Is it is it Hassan? I thought it was Haja. I think it's Haja. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Haja, Haja Estri. Okay. Yeah. Uh, played, played by Hassan. No, not Hassan Minaj. Played by um, Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Who, by the way, are completely separate from anything else, but if anyone's uh, The Big Sick is a relationship he did, so that, good. it's a really fun <laughs> take on a rom com because most of it's about what happens after the rom com ends. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great movie. He's very good in it. And apparently it's based on his real life experience. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're now plumbing the depths of the IMDb pages of different characters. Uh, so, so is there any the last things you want to say? Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of plumbing the IMDb pages, um, I noticed an interesting name in the in the credits, um, which, uh, yeah. Anyway. Is, so it, the, is the, it bugging the, you that we haven't talked about this character, this actor no, yet? No, no, no. I've mentioned Flea plenty of times. Oh, um, The fact okay. that was Flea, I was like, what? And then like, cool. And I'm glad he only did a two episode arc because like. I couldn't tell. Who, He's a red hot chili pepper. It's fine. Um, who was he? Who could was he technically playing? still be alive. The bounty hunter. The bounty hunter. It's like uh, the main Vect. bounty hunter who. who oh, okay. Vect. Vect. Got it. Vect. Vect and yeah. no crew. He didn't have a base yeah. in his hand, so I didn't recognize him. That's fair. <laughs> he wasn't wearing a sock on his. You know, like uh, yeah, he wasn't naked yeah. except yeah, you know, time, mm-hmm. etc. No, I wanted to talk about the spice saleswoman who uh, comes and encounters. Obi-Wan and says like, oh, I was someone's daughter once too. It is played by Ewan McGregor's daughter. Oh, that's really cool. Right? Which is just like a fun little (laughs) like, oh, you guys. Watch that dialogue again. It's pretty funny (laughs) with the context. I I just like that scene because to me that was a very intentional, like we've talked about it before and I think I may feel strongly about it more strongly than others. I hate when Kenobi's like, oh, you tried to sell me a death stick. I'm going to now like mind control you to like you know be dare on steroids and make you stop drugs and stop selling drugs and i kind of love that here he's like whatever you're selling spice kid that's fine yeah. and not only that but he takes the spice and then uses it he right doses yeah, yeah, people with spice to like yes. get away so and then we do get like such a stretch of an acting performance flea pretending to be high i don't know how <laughs> he got there but um yeah all love um but but yeah no i i agree and we like we can't have been talking about Oh gosh, what's his name? It's like Sleaze Bagano or something. Really subtle. Uh, is the Death Stick Salesman's Oh, name? right, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it was nice to have that reference and have Obi-Wan, yeah, not break into someone's mind. To right. enter a spice, like, refining facility? I don't quite yeah. know what they were doing. But not, like, destroy the whole situation. Just, like, make a beaker explode as a distraction and then go in and, you know, get Leia, get out. Definitely. Any other last things other people wanted to point out? I've got a list. I think I hit them all. Talked about delightful animal writing by Mm Obi-Wan. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's all I... Yeah, Yeah, I I think I'm good. Call out with the Jawas. I did love the whole thing of like, if you're going to steal my pieces and sell them back to me, at least clean them. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, cleaning is extra. You know? <laughs> so much sass. I love yeah. sassy Obi-Wan. We get the sass there. We get the like, oh, must be a lot of shadows talking with um, Haja. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just like, Obi-Wan's beaten down and sad and looks very old as Leia keeps pointing out. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that that like animal loving sassy man is, is still there deep inside. <laughs> I mean, he still, li- he still looks a good 25 years younger than Alec Guinness. Who oh yeah. will become in nine years. Yeah, so, yeah. but the sons of Tatooine. I mean, uh, if he just keeps sitting in the, in the Tatooine sons with his binoculars and no sunscreen on, of course he's going to look like he's aged 20 years. What do you expect? Yeah. He does look like he's aged more than the amount of time, right? Than the mm-hmm. 10 years. So yeah. 
Definitely. Sunscreen people. Yeah, That's exactly. Well, um, oh, you know, th- <laughs> hmm? so thank no, 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 no. We are not transitioning. We are no oh. longer being sponsored. That was oh, not right. Okay. Okay. I thought uh, I was going to have to show my boxers. No, nope. Uh. Um, <laughs> Not gonna happen, but you can show things, and that's what I was gonna transition to. Because for all you who are listening, you do actually now have the opportunity to watch as we live record it, or to even watch it uh, on uh, video later. Uh, Paul, tell us about the audio visual version of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Yeah, so Star Wars Universe podcast and superhero ethics are now largely going to be available uh, live streamed on Twitch, twitch.tv slash zenmadman, and on YouTube, um, on my Zen Madman channel there, um, which is like youtube.com slash user slash Zen Madman or something. I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, on YouTube, if we could get to a thousand subscribers in the not super duper distant future, it would be awesome and really help us in terms of like putting more effort into that content. Um, and I'm also making some like, videos from like right now I'm doing videos where I'm like playing poker and then listening to the old podcast and kind of heckling past me and Matthew. And uh, (laughs) I will eventually try what mostly past Matthew, mostly past Matthew. Fair, fair. I'm often saying I'm pausing the recording, saying something in response to something Matthew says, and then unpausing it and past me says literally the same words, (laughs) which is fairly hilarious. Um, (laughs) So then I get to laugh at myself as well. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll probably, I mean, if people like the format, I'll stick with it. And, you know, eventually I'll probably work through like all the Clone Wars episodes that um, yeah. Matthew did with Riki and Sarah. And I think that would be really fun. Um, and otherwise, I might just like find another way to kind of put some of the old ones up so you can have them. Because some people, like I just listen to music on YouTube. I just like open up YouTube and just click around and listen to music. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, you know, you can check those out there. This podcast will be available there as well if you want to see, you know, our vision, you know, our facial reactions and stuff to things. There's a lot of nodding sometimes. Um, yeah, the, there's some surprised, uh, reactions on the, on the one we did on Moon Knight and, and mental health. Uh, Saren had some oh. really exceptional facial reactions to various things. <laughs> there were at least a couple times where I would ask her a question and she would just make a very evocative facial response. <laughs> and I had to remind her, we're, this is radio. Right, right. Part. This is also radio. It, and of course, everything will still be available on all, all the audio formats and, you know. You should yeah. use those too. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, Zen Madman on both Twitch, but especially on YouTube. Uh, and th- this we kind of announced with just a few minutes notice, but we will be regularly recording our episodes on the rest of the show at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Central, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're in the mountains, kick rocks. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it, it, we just, for whatever reason, we've never had a guest from the mountain time zone, so we just never talk about it. But yeah, so that would be 5.30 mountain time zone. Uh if you want to kick rocks, do it. You know, that's that's your constitutionally protected right. Uh, to not at somebody else. Um, poor rocks. With that. Anyway. <laughs> poor rocks. Poor editing Matthew. My goodness. Yeah, you know, have fun. With- no, I'll leave all this in. This is the this is the fun catch-all stuff. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So uh, definitely check all that out. Uh, and of course, if you want to find more about these podcasts and all the other podcasts I do, and most importantly, how to contact us, go to theethicalpanda.com. We were responding to some commentary in the chat room today. We love feedback. Uh, I've already seen a couple of emails have come in while we were re- recording this. I don't want to get into them right now, 
but we're going to do a feedback episode. I think we may well be doing two Kenobi episodes a week. One is the quick response, and then the other is kind of a, like, longer thoughts feedback. In part because I have so many great people I want to get on these casts. So those ones at 7.30 Eastern on Wednesday nights are going to be with myself, Paul Hoppy, and Ashley Coffin. And then we're going to do response ones probably on Sunday or Monday uh, with Sarah and Ricky and possibly some other rotating guests, possibly Matthew Carroll from time to time. Uh, we'll see what can happen there. So please check out all of those great things that are happening. And on the Ethical Panda website, you can find all the ways to contact us. Send us your thoughts. Send us your feedback. We'd love to have them. Love to read them on air. Love to, you know, you know, if you don't like my sartorial choices, then you know, let me know. I can find different colors of bow ties and suspenders. Uh, <laughs> let us know. Uh, get, all that's on theethicalpanda.com. So on behalf of myself, Sarah, Ricky, and Paul, thank you all so much, and have a great day. I feel like we need to mention Ricky's Twitter, which is, was it Ricky Pedia Go on Twitter? It is. It is? Oh, okay. But it's like oh, Ricky always running. Asking, sometimes I thought you didn't no. want me asking you every single episode, but yeah, I can ask Yeah, no, I just before. wanted to say it because it's like the, the, you go by Ricky always running, right? And just yeah. because we mentioned the Grand Inquisitor, who's never running. Never so running. I just, <laughs> you know, right. it felt well, apropos. Never running. Okay, so I'll, I'll take that. I'll just insert that. To... Oh, or this could be the stinger. Or no, that could be our I don't know. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, I don't know. All right. Sorry, sorry to cause so many problems. I just like Cue making jokes. I'm here for the memes. Cue the music. Hey, the... you want to buy some death sticks? I don't know. I don't Is know that how that much voice sounds like. Yeah, it's like a very high-pitched voice.